everybody and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? Um, I'm not flying solo this week, but Gaz, is, um, he's kept back for his evil paymasters and he's been made to work overtime for going to so many conventions. So it's just me, your host, Baz, for this week. Um, but I'm not on my own. So the question for this week is what would the smart party do if they had to organise a con? And as with most questions we ask ourselves, we get proper people who know what they're talking about to actually come on and answer it for us so it makes us look good. So I'm delighted to introduce my fellow presenter for this week is Mr. Graham Spearin. Hi, Graham. Hi, uh, thank you for inviting me on. You're very, very welcome. Uh, it's going to be all the hard work for you today because you're going to have to answer <laughs> all my silly questions and uh, sub in for the northern monkey who normally does the bits in between me speaking <laughs> while I grab a sip of tea. Well, so, um, I shall try to be a proper person. Good man, good man. So thanks for coming on, Graham. So a little bit of an introduction then. So the reason we've got Graham on is because um, Graham's oh, he's going to be well known if you've been to a UK convention, I should think, whether he's played at your table, GM'd at your table, or more likely put your table in your room before you got there and made sure there were chairs around it. Because Graham's organised some of the greatest conventions in the UK. hope you won't mind me saying. So I'll let him do a bit of an introduction for himself. So, Graham, why are you on this podcast, mate? What brings you here? Well, um, so I have been invited on because I do um, organise a few conventions. Um, they're quite small. Um, I run a couple of conventions um, in Sheffield. Principally, I run uh, Furnace, which is a convention that meets every year, about October time, around about 80 people. And we meet um, for uh, 12 tables over um, five slots, 60 games, and we play out in the Garrison Hotel in Sheffield, and it's a great little con, it's very focused on tabletop role-playing, and that's a big, big success, and it's been going for 10 years, and we have a lot of fun with it. As I say, it's relatively small, about 80 people, um, and it's been a big hit, and What's lovely about, one of the lovely things about Furnace is that it has spawned, uh, if you like, a sort of slightly wayward, um, maybe, maybe a slightly wayward stepchild of a, uh, of a convention called Seven Hills, which runs in the same venue, similar sorts of format, and that runs through the auspices of the good Dr. Dr. Mitch, who's been, I think, on one of your previous podcasts. We only ever get a guest from Furnace. We get their cast-offs and we, we drag them <laughs> kicking and screaming onto the radio. <laughs> so um, keep it simple. And um, I've, I've done a couple of cons. And, of course, I've been to quite a few. So I've, I've seen some, just as, just as you have, Baz, and mm. um, picked up some tips from the masters out there. And I think that's why I'm here. It is. So let's ask you some questions on behalf of our burgeoning listenership. Um, and, and I think, to be fair, with the Patreons that we've got backing us these days, they're all seasoned congoers of one oh, stripe yes. or another. So, you know, uh, all of your, your answers will no doubt be written down and, um, and held against you in a convention of law in the future. But I look forward So to let's that. go back to the start there. So, so clearly you didn't just jump straight into organising conventions uh, as, a, as a fully-fledged con organiser. So do you remember the first conventions you ever attended as a, as a guest? Yes, I, I, think, I think I do. So I went along with, my, uh, with, with a wingman. I think it's very important to go along with somebody. I mean, I wasn't hugely confident. I'd, I've, I've been a, a tabletop role player um, since about 81, so I've sort of been, been hard, hard at gaming for, for quite some time. And it's a hobby I, I love. It's incredibly creative. And, you know, uh, Tom Zunder, uh, mm-hmm. my, one of my, you know, 
my bestie, uh, grabbed me and said, why don't you come along to a, a con? And I think, I think it was a long time ago, but I think it was sort of a continue, a continuum-esque sort of convention. Lots of um, Chaosium and RuneQuest. And, you know, I got to see, you know, Greg Stafford in the flesh and so on and had the most wonderful time. And I, 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 I do remember sort of going there and thinking there are thousands of people here. You know, there must have been about mm. two, two or three hundred. And um, I could... I could just open my mouth and talk about games and people would just know what I was mm. talking about and shared the love, if you like, of, 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 of what I do. And I think it was the first time I'd been in a place where there was quite so many people who just shared the passion. Um, and so I was sort of quite hooked after that. I sort of had, had, had got an opportunity to meet some of the greats. I'd got to meet sort of a big cohort of fellow gamers, got to play some great games, drank some beer, had a really good time. And I thought, yeah these con things nice it you know i didn't feel it replaced if you like my you know regular weekly game or anything because that that that's a different experience but as a sort of a, a bit of a holiday away um sort of clear yourself down and just and just really just sort of devote yourself to some gaming for a weekend couldn't be beat mm. yeah there, there's something i had the same experience in my early cons as well that idea of being in the same place as a whole bunch of like-minded people which as tabletop role players, doesn't happen very much in our normal day-to-day existence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't look around on the tube and imagine that ninety percent <laughs> of them are going to understand Elric and the various versions as well as you do. So it is absolutely delightful to. It's not quite be yourself, but it does feel like you can let loose the shackles of everyday life a little yeah. bit when you're at a con. Yeah. Um, and even though you're pretending to be somebody else for the vast majority of it, you do feel like you can really just, you know, let your freak flag fly, I suppose. And yeah, that's right. Get, get into bizarre conversations in the bar about things that would probably have you thrown out of other pubs <laughs> just because you're being slightly weird. It's a bit too weird, yeah. No, I've been to yeah. a few. I mean, I've been, mostly small ones um, uh, to start with. I, I did a Travcon over in Hebden Bridge, and that was, that was great. That was in the early days, and uh, mm. there must have been, I don't know, 30 people there all, all, all with a passion for Trav and so we just we just geeked out on Trav for a weekend um, StabCon I think I've done a StabCon once or twice um, and as I say I, th- I think Continuum was, was my mainstay I, I, so I haven't sort of travelled and done the huge ones um, hmm. although obviously you know since my time um, you know we, we've got UK Games Expo and things like that which you know is pretty vast and mm. you know when I think when I started uh, back with something that was Continuum-esque you know all, all that time ago and then I, I, I was a trader for a while in, in uh, UK Games Expo and just that experience when you're in the trade hall and the, you know those doors flew open and just people gushed in mm. and you know okay it's not it's not quite the sort of as I understand it the huge sort of Gen Con in the US but it, it's it's big and so you know, for me i suppose now i've experienced if you like hebden bridge with 30 people geeking on trav to mm. you know however many thousand people uh turn up um um down at the hilton down sort of birmingham way for uk games expo so yeah i've seen quite a lot of great great conventions in my time there's, there's still a big rush at the doors sometimes those doors are on the internet but as soon as a convention gets announced there is still oh. uh, it, it's the, equi- the metaphorical equivalent of the doors bursting open and loads of frothing bearded people waving players handbooks come screaming at you uh, and, and you see it physically at dragon meet as well which is not a massive massive convention but it's quite a big deal for a for a one-day shot when those doors actually open at 10 o'clock it's like a tsunami of red dwarf t-shirts 
It's yeah. something to behold, isn't it? Bubbling enthusiasm. Yeah, there is. It's, I mean, and, and, you know, as an organiser for a convention, when, when you're sort of basically pitching, pitching when it's going to be and so on and so forth, there really is this thing, this sort of uh, thing we have now called Concrete, where, mm. where basically, you know, sign-ups for either the uh, accommodation or sign-ups if you want to GM something or indeed sign-ups just to, well, just to actually turn up. Um, mm. That there is, as you say, that, that sort of internet tsunami of of uh, enthusiasm, which is fantastic to see because um, people love to come. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about like how you got started out, and I'm thinking like Furnace is ten years old now, so mm. you can see the growth of that con, and it, it can't physically get much bigger because of the environment it's in. I, I, I get that. But you must have run your first couple thinking, is anyone going to show up? And, <laughs> and now it must be, oh, my God, what happens if everyone shows up? Well, <laughs> is that the way it's gone over the decade? Uh, slight, slightly. Um, when, I, when I started with Furnace, um, I, I think I started it for, you know, for a range of reasons, really. I think partly I'd really enjoyed them. Partly I just wanted to see if I could put something together that people actually would come to so there was a creative element to it hmm. i think there was a laziness element as well that i just thought well it'd be quite nice just to rock up to a, a local convention and not have to travel you know for two hours and on a train or something um hmm. so there was that and i but when we when we started it we we had a obviously a venue that we we wanted to use and i think that's one of the key things about starting a convention because sort of, sort of quite clear you've got a place to, to hold it in and and, and understand I guess, the strengths and limitations of that place. And so we knew we had a place which we could grow to about, oh, I don't know, a maximum of about 80 people. Um, but we had the top room. That top room could take, I don't know, uh, for argument's sake, let's say 40, 50 people. Hmm. Um, and we had a cost. And so the only thing I, I had to do was stump up some money. It wasn't a, a huge amount. It was a few hundreds of pounds just to sort of secure the room for the time. So that was, if you like, the risk. And as you say, mm. the payback is, is anyone going to turn up? Because if they turn up, they'll pay on the door and I'll get make my money back. And I wouldn't have sort of died in a ditch if I'd lost it, but it was quite nice to think that I put something together and people come. And I think what we did was we, I knew enough. So I've got, you know, I've got some mates and I knew my mates were going to come and I've got some internet mates, you know, be it on the TAV, on the, you know, uh, or maybe uh, on, on UK role players. And, you know, I, I kind of knew that even if the, the smallest number of people actually showed up, we'd kind of make our money and we'd be all right. So mm. in, in, in some ways, I, I didn't worry. And interestingly, when we set it up, I did think, right, is, is, is this going to be a, a local con for, for local people? You know, I, I didn't know. It wasn't set up that mm. way. But I just wondered if we get the... You know, we get a huge number of people from Sheffield, you know, Barnsley, you know, Doncaster, Rotherham. Um, and we do indeed have the Doncaster Massive that come across, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, and, and one or two of the locals. But what I, what I hadn't appreciated and what I think you alluded to, Baz, at the beginning was um, there is kind of a, um, a professional circuit of um, congoers who really, really enjoy it. You know, they, they get a big mm. buzz out of it. And I naively hadn't really appreciated that people would actually travel to yeah. come to Furnace. You know, I had no idea. I just assumed it'd be local people. And um, we got a nice mix of people, you know, both local and, and indeed a little bit further afield. So, yeah, when we started, it was lighter in terms of numbers. Obviously, we just started up. We, um, oh, bless us, we, you know, we we did f flyers. We actually printed out flyers and we posted... Oh, 
on paper <laughs> on on I mean, it might have been good it might even be good quality paper as well I don't know and we sent them to all the gaming shops in the kingdom and there were still quite a lot in those days I don't know if there still are but you know we sent them out and had them mm. pinned up and and I've got absolutely no idea if that made any difference whatsoever but it made us feel better um, so we did a bit of advertising and yeah. It was a slight, slight wonder if people would come. And the, the interesting, the interesting thing I found is that over, over the years, the thing that's grown the numbers is people just saying how much they've enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and that's just brought brought people in. It's brought friends in. People have started to hear about it. We obviously use the forums and so on. But there's another strange magic about furnace. I think when we were two or three in and the numbers were starting to grow, we thought, well, basically this has got a bit of a life of its own, actually, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's make sure that we don't overfill, as you suggest. Let's not, you know, we we don't want to sort of um, burst the banks and have too many people pitching in and then people not being in, in a game. So we had an opportunity on our website to sort of restrict the number of tickets we could sell. So actually we could put a physical limit on it. And we've never really ever needed to do that because some sort of magic happens. We reach about, I don't know, late 70s or 80s, and it just stops. Mm. I don't know why. It just stops. And so it's it kind of self, self-holding. self And we get a whole range of people. We get people who have been, I think we we do have some who've been every year, you know, all 10 years, and others who, once they've heard it about it and they've come along for the first time, be it our second, our third, our fourth, have kept with it because they've really enjoyed the weekend. But somehow we always get a mix of our sort of long-standing sort of devotees who enjoy it. And we always get a lovely mix of some new people who just haven't been. It's always their first time of coming to Furnace. And we also seem to have, somehow manage to stay at around about 80. And I, I haven't worked it out yet, but it's, it's, it's a magic. It's, it's a magic, and I'm just st- sticking with it. It's... Um... Yeah, it's, it, that is a weird kind of. It, it's got its own kind of balance, hasn't it? It's, it's clearly there's not just eighty congoers in the UK because <laughs> Games Expo puts no. the light of that. And and although it's it's a generalist con, isn't it? For those who, who haven't been, I mean, you, you, there is there is a theme to Seven Hills in in its last couple of incursions, but is. Furnace's theme is it's got to be role playing games. That yeah. seems to be the theme, and yep. and you can pretty much run anything you want. So it's a generalist. Um, but it does attract that many people. I mean, I, I kind of in my head, because I've never organized a con, I kind of view it like it must feel like being a self-publisher. You know, you're putting something out and you don't know who's going to buy it. Yeah. But after you've done a few of them, you get a sense that somebody will because they bought the last ones. And every one of them is like a limited edition because it's it's gone once it's sold, it's sold. You can't go back and have Furnace 8 all over again. You can't, <laughs> you can't buy it. Um, so, you know, you've got... You've got ten years of furnace behind you now, which means that eleven to twenty, they don't, they won't run themselves. But but people will be knocking on the door if you don't announce furnace eleven for next year, won't they? Well, that's, which is, it must be a marvelous feeling. It is, is a nice feeling. I mean, and we, you know, we sort of work quite hard to get it to the point where it does kind of run itself. And I think one of the rules I had when I started it up was, I am I do not want to organise a convention where the organisers can't themselves game. That it's, you know, that it's actually too, I don't know, somehow too complicated or too involved or too stressful such that we can't actually just rock up for five sessions and have a rollicking good time with our attendees. So, mm. you know, so the, there is something about the scope and scale of, of what we do. We, we, we keep what we do um, relatively uh, clean and simple in terms of what we try to do. 
But the venue, of course, the venue itself have been with us now for uh, 10 years. So they know who we are. They know what we do, which is drink all their beer, eat all their Mm -hmm. food um, and sit around tables and shout at each other. Mm -hmm. And and they love to have us there. We are good business for them because we, we... we, we have a hotel, so obviously being in a hotel that actually has encouraged some travel because there is on uh, some on-site uh, accommodation. It doesn't quite meet uh, um, the full attendee list, but it's not 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 too bad. And so we also fill their rooms. And over the years, we've sort of started just to hone with the staff that they know what to expect. Um, they've just gently improved some of the things around us to make it easier to do. And we've learned a great deal. And I say we, and I must stress, I keep saying we because, it, you know, I, I might be the chair, but I've been very fortunate. Well, I've been very fortunate, actually. I have made sure that I've had, you know, s- some, some buddies to help me uh, make it a success. And it, it wouldn't be a success w- uh, without the people that, that helped me organise it. And so right now I've got, you know, it's typically been a triumvirate of, of, of people who've, who've, who've put it together. And right now, obviously, I've got, I've got Elaine um, who's our sort of, you know, uh, game Sarina. She organises the, uh, the schedule. We've refined that as well over the years. Um, so, you know, things like um, offering up uh, GMs who run games, um, free picks of slots when they're not GMing. So that's just little things that we put in. Uh, we've recently pr- brought in the, op- the, the opportunity for all players to pick a game that they'd really love to play and make sure they get the one that they love. And generally speaking, people get their first pick. And... You know, I remember, I remember, you know, things that we did in the early days. So, you know, the first sign-ups at Furnace One was two whiteboards and a big scrum. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, mm-hmm. it was the, it was the person with the sort of greatest determination, um, best agility, or the largest elbows that probably got, you know, got the sign-up. And you know, these days we've got the famous, and I, th- I think it is the famous uh, Furnace queue. Um, so people will queue up um, for the slot if they haven't got a pre-book. Um, they're up at set, at set times. There's a bit of space for us to do that. So we've kind of refined how we approach the con over time. So even though it's largely self-running, we're still looking just to just to make it that bit bit of a better experience for people to come. Mm. But yeah, you know, and also Dom. So so Dom is my other committee member. I must mention Dom, who is there on the day, helps the table set up, does the badges. My role. I'm the money. I do the venue. Um, mm. You know, and I do a range of other things behind the scenes just to make sure that it's all there. I do the bookings and all that kind of stuff. So between us, we've got like a set of a set mm. of tasks, which means that it isn't it isn't a great you know. There's plenty to do, but it isn't a huge hassle, and that means that we can actually enjoy the convention as well. So yes, it has honed over the time. It's helped by the fact that we took a decision. We were starting to do quite well, and we realised we had something that could just run and run, as you describe. And we just thought, well, mm. should we grow it? You know, should we do something more than what we do? And we had an opportunity. You know, we we could have done something more. And of course, we've been to other cons, and there's they've got seminar tracks, and they've got cosplay, and they've got, you know, goodness knows what else, um, a whole host of vendors. And we could have, we could have decided to grow it, and actually worked hard to grow it. And I know some conventions have done that. And I think you know, a classic example would be actually UK Games Expo itself, which has grown and grown and is hugely successful, and for lots of good reasons and lots of hard work. And we took an absolute decision. Nah, nah. We just like we we just like it, you know. We just like what we've got. We'll max out at eighty. If we if if we fill up at eighty and we've got no more spaces left, we'll just stop. And yeah. it it is what it is. And I, you know, we were really comfortable in our skin with that because if you want to do the Games Expo experience, that's great. Go to go to UK Games Expo. You know, if you want to do continuum with a few hundred people, 
fantastic mm. do that we are what we are mm. yeah absolutely and and, and I think you know, one, of, one of the main reasons that, that we've kind of collaborated on this podcast is because the convention that you organise with your other committee members is it's not beyond the reach of the listener to this podcast yeah. because you're not looking at uh, the National Indoor Arena for like, you know, a games virtual version of Games Day or anything else like that. Um, and it's bigger than just inviting your mates to a pub for a weekend. Um, but it's but it's all very possible, isn't it? I don't mean to, in any way to make that sound like I'm belittling your efforts, but but this is this is stuff that the ordinary people have have got together and thought oh, it's going to cost me a few quid. I write down some stuff on an envelope. I make a few phone calls because I'm sure it was phone calls back in the day. Um, and and you know venue is king, and you've got a cracking venue on your doorstep, and it seems to have come from from the place of like I kind of like to play games with there with my friends. I wonder how many I've got. And then bingo. You've got yourself a convention, and yeah. these things can can really snowball, can't they? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as I say, we we've, we've kept the scale such that you know it, it it's not hugely complicated to do. Uh, you mm. know, it isn't it isn't you know this incredible thing that's massively complex and difficult uh, and takes weeks of preparation. It it doesn't. I mean, it does take a lot of our time on on the on the forums, particularly in terms of just making sure we have the right games and we have people signed up and it's organised. Mm. Um, and you know, Elaine does a lot of that. Um, so you know, I, I wouldn't want to belittle the work that the um, the committee do. But you know, let's be honest. It's eighty people sat round tables playing games. And mm. at the end of the day, inherently, that it, it isn't that complex. And you know what I would say is, as long as you're clear about what you want to get out of it, and you think about the scope of what you're offering, and that you are happy to maybe start small, because you don't—it doesn't have to be a, a, a huge thing. I mean, we started relatively um, small. Um, then it's absolutely doable. And you know, I would say, you know, if you wanted to do um, a local convention, um, I, I'd, I'd be, you know, highly supportive of you out there giving it a, a, a go because I think if you check out what's going on in your area already because you know the the convention scene in the UK is, I'll, I'll use the word vibrant um, it's it's pretty good, there's, there's, there's lots of lovely things there are meetups, there are small conventions there are medium sized conventions and there are of course some very very large ones and so there's, there's kind of a lot going on there but I'd say there's always scope for something that, that's quite small um, mm. and, that, and that offers quite a sort of tailored, nice experience for people. And if you're clear about what's going on in your area and you think a little bit about the timing as well of, of what you're doing, find some people to help, then, you know, probably Bob's your uncle. Get the venue sorted out, you know, and it doesn't have to be... We don't all have to have a German castle, um, mm. you know, lovely though they are, uh, and, you know, or even a South Yorkshire garrison, you know, uh, a, a place which is comfortable for people to sit around and, and game in. And if you're fortunate to have a friendly local game store, I think I'd be, you know, I'd be remiss to leave the podcast without mentioning, um, you know, Patriot Games. Um, mm -hmm. Patriot Games in Sheffield are, you know, like a lot of game stores these days, but they are, they are ambassadors for our hobby. They they create a community where people can go and game, um, and they have been hugely supportive of what we do here they provide we we offer game vouchers um patriot games or vouchers for our gms as a thank you um and you know they're they're provided at a good rate from patriot games they're very good to us and we do a raffle and we get games through patriot games and patriot games support us by physically being there and offering us with a nice a nice bit of shopping for our uh, attendees and that always goes down very well and and convert you know uh, patriot games have a good time 
there with us too. So if you've got a friendly local game store, I'm sure they would, you know, I'd be happy to work with you on putting together some kind of some some kind of event. And as you say, do a little bit of research on your attendance, but um, you, you're probably going to be okay if you keep it small and think about your scope. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's all doable. I mean, you know, and in terms of administration, you know, the, the, there's the web these days. The web makes things very 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 easy. We, you know, our our a game schedule, for example, it's available on the web as a as a Google Sheet. You can just go and have a look at it. Um, um, the other thing I would I would suggest um, if you are starting up is if there's a little bit of money involved. There's not usually a lot of money, but there's just enough. Um, disentangle it from your personal finances. Just 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 you know. So I just set up a separate account, um, and I and I do keep a very very simple um, income outcome sort of sheets just to sort of manage some expenditure and it'll be things like just making sure you um, account for the money that comes in you um, you know deal with the costs that you have going out and typically that's you know, largely venue there isn't a huge amount more um, if you can avoid having to deal anything to do with accommodation whatsoever do, mm-hmm. do, you do that I mean yeah. you know so so for us yes we're in a hotel it's great but actually if you want to book a room book a room with a hotel I'm, I'm not managing mm-hmm all your um all your stays I'm, I'm i'm just managing the fact that you're in a games uh convention and don't be afraid to try i think don't be afraid to try at all um you, the the nice thing is is you're not the first you know there's there's, mm-hmm. there's lots of people out there who've done it and if you go to the tavern or you go to uk uh, role players you know we've got a as we say, a, a professional Illuminati of convention goers who I don't think we're going to be shy in providing you with some help, uh, uh, helpful advice mm. on, on how to go about it. And I, uh, the final thing I would say just in terms of starting things up is, you know, make sure that you enjoy it. You know, you can do all mm. this stuff, but if it's a complete headache and you, you, know, you don't do it. But there's no reason for a small convention for you not to go and have a rollicking good time yourself uh, and get into I mean, I've played the most amazing games i'm so fortuitous to have so many good gms and they will come and travel and 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 offer you some fantastic games so i've i've my gaming experience has been hugely enriched by doing furnace because i've played all sorts of things i would never have played had i not have gone to furnace so it's great so yeah it's as you say it's not complicated um if if you're keeping the scope careful definitely go for it yeah i think people people will perhaps rightly worry about the money side of things in the same way as again if you're a, you want to get into game publishing I, I guess you're always slightly scared about what it means to get printing done and what happens when people give you money do you have to tell the tax man and yeah. and all of the ins and outs but you know it is actually simpler than it looks isn't it and and as long as you're you know, you're honest with people and you know don't try and get rich off a convention i suspect you're not flying your helicopter around anywhere soon no. after 10 years of convention organizing you know i don't know if we can afford to speak for much longer but well uh, <laughs> it's, you know it's, it's not a way to make money is it it's a way oh. to make the convention no we um so in terms of our money you know we're fairly transparent about our, our money um um we have a slight float you know we're talking a few hundred hundreds of pounds um that's just a sort of a cushion for us and that's something that's been built up frankly over 10 years so that gives you an mm. indication of how much money we're talking about it's not a great deal um um but we've never we've, we've never struggled i mean even if you have a you know a venue for a weekend that's a couple of hundred quid you know probably mm. if you get 10 people in you know you've probably largely mm. covered your costs or maybe 20 people in and yeah. as i say you know you can probably get that without without trying 
too hard, but you know, try a little, but not too hard. So the money really isn't 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 too much of a worry. Um, your costs are generally fairly set, so I, I wouldn't suggest money is a problem. You might need to just invest a little bit up front just to buy a room or something, but it's easily doable. Yeah, and and some of your costs you you'll get back over time. I mean, you might have to go and buy some badges and yeah. know, blue tack and bits of paper and stuff like that. If you if you work for one of those generous companies that doesn't mind you looting printer toner, <laughs> it makes it things a bit easier. But you know, gamers are notoriously good at at getting something going from absolutely nothing, aren't they? And, and conventions are going to be the same. Yeah. So um. I mean, Furnace, uh, the subtitle for Furnace is It's All About the Games. Is that an official motto? That's an unofficial motto, I think, isn't it? Even <laughs> if it's true, it's, but it is all about the games. So, so let's talk about those. So you alluded to, to some great and slightly unique gaming experiences that you might never have got if you hadn't gone to the trouble of organising your own cons. So can you think of any of the, the personal highlights that either you played in or, or been a witness to or heard about? Because there's some really spectacular stuff seems to be happening at Furnace these days. People spend all year preparing for it, like some kind of Mardi Gras of gaming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I think to start with, I would just, I would just say, I mean, even even last time, and last time, by the way, was only a few weeks ago, so I'm still mm. slightly in the glow of it all. Um, I, I do try and take my time just to have a little bit of a wander around and see what people are doing, you know, um, when I get the chance. And you look you look at the games that are being put on and they are often, you know, fairly traditional games. So they're sort of, you know, your classic uh, receive wisdom, three to four hours, maybe five to six players, well, four to six players, let's say. Um, mm. Often they're fairly traditional in the sense that you've got, you know, a facilitator GM running it and com- comparing it, if you like, and doing a lot of prep. And as you suggest, there's a lot of prep going in. So there's some beautiful things that I've seen being set up, you know, just fantastic character sheets, wonderful maps, handouts, um, additional sort of doohickey going on on the table that is thrown on. You know, you've got your, you know, I'll, I'll throw in things like your Paul Lawrences and your others who, you know, sort of seem to sort of build a whole, a whole, a whole table worth of stuff, mm. uh, hats and all sorts of things. Um, and just and some very very inventive games. Um, um, so, for example, for me, I mean, I, I don't, th- I don't think I would have ever played Mouse Guard, actually, mm. if I hadn't actually turned up and and, and Guy had run it for me. And uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thoroughly loved it. And actually, I'll, I'll pick on Guy again as it happens. Um, I, I played Hillfolk, for example, uh, last time, and you know, I, I I'm shamefaced. I, I think I may have kickstarted it. I backed it. I got the book. I did the classic thing of I got the book. I flicked through it and thought, hmm, I put it on a shelf. Uh, and not because I was turned off by it, but I just simply, I just, I, I'm afraid it's one of those ones that just didn't make it onto the onto the um, gaming slot. I wasn't sure about it, and I played it with Guy and and some guys uh, at Furnace, and we had, oh, I think, a completely rollicking fantastic Mm. game of um, societal uh, conflict within a sort of tightly knit sort of Bronze Age tribe in sort of, you know, 10th century BC, whatever. Uh, I'm still not necessarily 100% convinced by the tokens that flew around. I don't think any of us really Mm. quite understood what was going on. But but as a way of framing and structuring our story, um, that was a great experience. And so I'd rate things like that. And this time around, I got to run, you know, my own wordplay a little bit, which was quite nice because again you know i don't often actually get opportunity to run to run if like my own game that i put together and i did that with um with dom and one of the experiences for me last time was i got to 
co-GM a game. So there was sort of two of us GMing a game and we kind yeah. of, so we sort of played tag. So one would be, if you like, the main GM and the other person would be given freedom just to sort of cut loose with some NPCs and just play a little bit. And, th- and that sort of to and fro uh, on the table between us was actually a lot of fun. I th- but I think a couple of times the player said, will you two get a room? Because, you know, we were, perhaps, <laughs> we were perhaps enjoying ourselves just a little bit too much. But yeah. um yeah, that was another nice experience. So I've I've played all sorts of all sorts of things, as I say, that I I probably wouldn't have experienced. Um, and I think it's the same for many people that go. And people, we're playing a little bit with the format. So some people offer series. So they'll offer a series of games, like a trilogy of games. If our game was mm-hmm. a trilogy of games, and they'll do a part one, a part two, and a part three. You can jump in at any point. It's generally fairly sort of self-contained. But you know, so people are running things like that. We had mm-hmm. we had the infamous sort of sort of. Gleeville game which happened last time at Furnace so there was a big room and there was a bit of singing and dancing going on uh, why the hell not um, so we're playing around with sort of if you like your classic trad format of three to four hours um, which mm. is obviously a bit self-limiting in terms of what you can do with it so yeah yeah, yeah I've had some good times it's, um, it's been interesting because as a punter one of the things that draws me to Furnace apart from having been enough times now to put names to faces and see old friends that I wouldn't see outside of Furnace is the the real pick and mix version? Sorry, the pick and mix feel that you get when you look at the game schedule. Mm. It's it's not random. It's just it's like I want one of those and one of those and one of those, and it's genuinely difficult to pick a game in a slot. And if you're really unlucky, all all your favourite ones are kind of wedged together. But it's <laughs> it's never about oh dear, I can't find anything to play. It's like oh, I really hope I get into this, and and here's my contingency choice, and here's my third contingency choice, and there's something. And, and all of them, I mean, people do play straight games, as in, mm. you know, they'll advertise World War Cthulhu, and you're going to get to play the SOE, and you'll do a commando raid, and there will be Cthulhu in it. And that's absolutely cool. There's plenty of that. But there's also people who've taken their game of choice and put a real spin on it, like a special one for oh, Furnace. Yeah. And they might be using a generic rule set, or they might be making one that they've written specially for the game. Or they've taken a couple of things and mashed them together and bought hats. I mean, you, you never, you never <laughs> quite know what you're going to get. But it's, um, but it's a real varied experience. And I mean, I, I ran a trilogy of D and D games last year, and I felt like you know that this is surely going to be the most bog standard offering going. But, um, but I had people come to all three slots because they don't get to do that at home. No. And that's that's the best thing about con gaming, isn't it? When you get to do something you don't do at home, even if it's a game you know. You're playing it with new people, with a new GM usually, and you're playing it in a garrison, and you're going to have a pint afterwards. These are good things, and uh, <laughs> and and I so I know Elaine puts together the gaming schedule, mm. um, and she probably is at the stage of having to fend off GMs who want to offer their games like a year in advance. Sometimes, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is that becoming like you know? Is there an issue here? Is she getting too many GMs offering games for Furnace? Is that a problem? I I would say it's, I wouldn't say it's a problem. No, not 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 quite. We certainly get a early uh, fluster of keen GMs who mm. are who are ever so keen to to to, to get slots. Um, we do allow. So I mean, the, the, again, there's all sorts of different ways you you could approach it. Our approach is is if if a GM wants to lay their GMing towel down mm. on a slot without specifying specifically a year in advance or perhaps six months in advance or however many months it is in advance you know then fine you know they can do that because actually we come mm. to know our gms and pretty much on the whole if a gm says they're going to run a game in a slot 
they will run a really good game in that slot. Mm. So we're very fortunate. Again, that's one of the advantages of been running for 10 years. You start to know the people and know what you can do. Um, so the slot, the slot, the GMing slots do go very quickly, actually. But, you know, one of the good things about Furnace is it's 12 tables and it's five slots. We've got 60 slots to fill. Once it's, once it's filled, it's filled. You know, that's it. So um, we don't have this open-ended nature that many conventions have where they've just got large spaces and you can have as many games as people turn up. So we have that, that advantage that we are constrained, actually. Um, um, but, but no, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a problem, I wouldn't say. But it is really nice to see so many people wanting to provide games. I think the one thing I probably have done of late is slightly restrict the top end of numbers of games that, uh, that an individual GM can offer. Right. Okay. So, it, I mean, it used to be just open, open doors. If someone wanted to run all five slots, then they could. Wanted to provide as many opportunities for as many people to offer games. Be they, and it's nice to also to note, by the way, that some GMs have chosen Furnace as the place where they GM their first ever game. And right, I, yeah. I, I played. I think. I think it was in. Um, what, what was the game? It was Numenera. I think it was Geordie's Numenera. I think it may have been Geordie's first GM game, uh, and he, he ran a cracking game. Um, and uh, so it's nice to see that. So what I wanted to have is an environment where people could come, feel comfortable to run their first game, because we're all very supportive of, of GMs. But um, I think we've restricted... I've, I've restricted it to three on a, for, on a couple of counts. One is because, well, we're popular, and therefore let's let's give as many people an opportunity as we can. But also I, I, I take the view, and I'm happy to be challenged, that um, probably after about three slots, if it's a trad game and it's a trad GM, and the GM's giving their full, as I would expect, and they are throwing the voice around, and they're throwing themselves around, for that matter, um, to put together a really good game. After three, you know, some, I mean, we've got some machines that can just keep going, but actually I think generally I have seen, I have seen GMs implode slightly, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, they, they've just kind of really reached a bit of a threshold, to be honest, and their fourth game will not be as good as their second. So for me, it was just partly a sort of a, Let's just, you know, let's just let people have a go at playing as well, and, and give up other people opportunities. Mm. And do so obviously some people drop out, and, and and we need to sort of do some sort of late replacements. That just, just real life happens to people uh, as well. So, but yeah, no, it's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, t- too many GMs is a real first world problem. <laughs> that many many cons do not suffer from because I, I think when I started going to cons. Oh God knows how long ago now, 15, 20 years. There were there were some slots that didn't go because there the GMs had fallen through or there wasn't enough because it was seen as a real as a real advanced art running a game. And yeah. there was people wanted to go to conventions to be uh, a member of the audience, um, perhaps more than a participant. And, and, and certainly at Furnace, if you're not playing in a the game, there's there's not a huge much else to do. You can catch up with people, but yeah. you know when the slot starts. I can see why, as an organizer, you managed to get a game because for the next three or four hours, there's there's not going to be much going on, is there? You wouldn't even know there was a convention in town because people are sitting down concentrating on pretending to be someone else. So it's it's a great problem to have too many GMs. I was going to ask if if you you mentioned that you get new furnace attendees every year. Do you get new GMs every year or have they got to muscle out the veterans who who really want to do their multi slot extravaganzas now? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, as I say, I think I'm oh, just picking on Geordie because I just happen to remember it was his first, you know, mm. it was his first time out, and uh, I think I think it was anyway. So that was nice to see, and we do still get, I think, the occasional new GM who will come up and, and run something. 
I would suggest probably we have a a, a cadre of regular GMs mm. who will perhaps fluctuate the numbers of slots that they want to to run in. I mean, a, an artifice. Well, let me sure I get this right. Yes, I am right. An artifice. The way we do things at Furnace is that if you run two out of five slots, then you can actually pre-book in the following three slots, as it were, so that yes. you, you, you know, you can effectively book your uh, convention with a couple of solid GM slots under your belt. Mm. And I think some GMs sort of just choose, well, I think I might do that for a change. Instead of running three, I'll run two, or maybe I'll run one, you know. And I've mm. certainly, I mean, I, I'm, I've been in the queue, you know. We're not elitists here at Furnace, you know. Um, you know, the chair can, uh, I, was, I was happy to be towards the back of the queue and uh, and do that. So, yeah, I'd say probably we've got um, a really good established set of GMs and, and they come back with a lot of variety. So just because, you know, just because you've got a GM, it doesn't mean to say you, you, you definitely know what you're going to get. They, they, they have a good think about what they want to provide and they will try out a new system. I mean, suddenly, for example, I don't know, Cypher has become quite mm. popular of late. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's quite outfated fate, but I've noticed a slight reduction in fate, for example, and I've seen a lot yeah. more Cypher. And it's just like a couple of our top GMs, they've come out and they've said, yeah, I want to give this Cypher a go. I quite like it. So we always get some new games as well um, in yes. the mix. If it's not the new shiny, it might be the old shiny. You know, so some people bring out um, older games. But we find, you know, we get quite a few new games as well. And games that are in that classic, well, I kickstarted it. I've got the beta. I'm doing it, man. And, yeah, you know, out they yeah. come with it. And, you know, you, you don't see it again ever. But, you know, it, there it is. And people, people do that. So not only have we got, you know, a slight turnover in GMs, and I'm sure that's going to continue. We get a fantastic turnover of games, and an in, you know I haven't done I haven't done the research. I'm afraid, Baz. Maybe that's one for a future one. <laughs> but you know, let, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure Elaine and myself could could knock something up. If Elaine may even have done it, looked at the past you know X number of years, just seen what mixes of games we've had over the years, because I think it will have slightly moved on the format. The the format kind of. I don't know, it kind of encourages perhaps even a particular sort of sort of system, you know, something that's accessible, mm-hmm. um, lets you get on with the game. I am somebody who actually ran Burning Wheel, full fat, fight mechanic, predictive wow. stuff with six people, none of whom had played it. Um, I'm not sure what the experience was like for anybody, but I, I did look back and think, what on earth was I doing? I mean, I enjoyed it and actually it worked and, and people started to pick up that sort of slightly more involved uh, game mm. towards the end. So that was an experience for people. But typically, obviously, you know, it's going to be your fates, your savage worlds, um, perhaps your percentile games, um, inclu- increasingly your um, star dot world games and so yes. on, where you can you can pick them up pretty uh, Cortex Plus, um, yeah, even wordplay, you know, uh, games that people can pick up and, and, and really have a go, a go at. But you see all sorts and um, long may that continue. Yeah, I think that's right. It, it, I, I can only go on my own experiences of like the fashions of con gaming, but. But again, 15, 20 years ago when I started, you couldn't move for GURPS games. They seemed to be absolutely everywhere. They were like the convention yeah. game landfill. Um, I'm just touching on that's being very denigrating to those <laughs> games. But they, were, but they were the game you went for if you couldn't get signed up for something else because it would be there. <laughs> there would be GURPS or something. And and that's that seems to have fallen away a bit. I don't know. There's probably going on at a GURPS convention as we speak. Apologies to GURPS guys. I like your game. But you don't see many of those at Furnace. And you're right. You do um. see... The, the sort of more, more modern generic games like your Cortex Plus, your Fate and, uh, yeah. and Cypher. But the things people are doing with them is is they're very rarely running Numenera with the Cypher system. No. I played uh, last year in, in uh, Pete Atkinson's um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. game 
using oh, Cypher yeah. System. Yeah, look good. In- infinitely better than the TV show uh, <laughs> and recommended to everyone. And that's what you'll see people doing. I mean, there's no such thing as a generic savage game, is there? And some of the ones you see on the roster at Furnace are crazy. There's Arabian Night stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I think there was one based on Netrunner at one point. Yeah. It, there's, there's some bonkers stuff being done with, with some fairly trad engines in the name of imagination. And and it, it always, always impresses me how people can bend and spindle and mutilate the, you know, classic properties and bring them out for a, for a really amazing one-shot. Oh, yeah. I saw... Um, oh. Was it Paul Podowski? I think he was running uh, A Team with the Cipher. That That's looked all all ta- all kinds of cool. I popped into the armory and saw them and saw them playing away there. Um, and yet, you know, um, I I saw a game of uh, you know, Would you believe it? I'm going to say Would you believe it? Uh, what's it called? Um, Animar Beyond Fantasy. No, oh, wow. No, you That's impossible. You're, you're not going to see a lot of that. And um, yeah, the uh, the guy running that said, you know, it's one of my favourite systems, so I'm doing it. Uh, there, there was a game of uh, Pete Griffiths, you know, who is sort of, you yeah. know, another sort of, I don't know, sort of real stalwart uh, of the gaming scene and a really sort of big D&D player, knows mm. the systems inside and out. What he doesn't know about D&D might, is, is probably only only matched by yourself, you know, uh, Bass. But, you know, <laughs> <I doubt it. laughs> but, you know I, I think there was a game of fifth edition going on. I think, yep. uh, funnily enough, the only one of the few games, well, I don't you know, I'll be proved wrong now. Some smart aleck will tell me they played in one and they're probably right. I, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember a single game of Pathfinder, for example. As it happens, oh, you, you've had a couple. Yeah, you oh, have. We had, had have a I? Couple. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. We've, well, well, I don't feel so bad now. But it was the first thing that I was going to say. <laughs> it, I was going <laughs> to go. attempt to there say you, you get loads and loads of kind of like you know, this, they're not obscure games at all, but they're not the two big hitters of of D and D and Pathfinder. But you do because I've run D and D at the conventions, <laughs> and uh, and Pathfinder does get a showing. But it doesn't take up seventy five percent of the slots like you would find in no. many cons. No, no. I mean, we don't we don't have a Pathfinder track because we're just we're just too small. I mean, if we were, a, I mean, we we could have created a dedicated Pathfinder con, you know, and and mm-hmm. it would have filled, and that would have been fine. And, and there's nothing Easily. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. As it happened, we we went for again scope was nice variety of games you pick the people to come a little bit they come they bring a nice variety and and kind of there we go so no no the the games have consistently been been very very good okay so it can't all have been sunshine and light so there's got to be some pitfalls to to the nascent con organizer or, or con attendee um you know what what are the low points what are some of the stuff that's happened over the 10 years that if you could change you would well, that is a good that is a good question. It hasn't it hasn't all necessarily been entirely uh, uh, plain sailing, I, but I just, but you know I'm, I'm I'm looking back and I'm thinking about the things that that went wrong, and you know and some things went wrong and I do look, I have to admit I do look at them and think, yeah, but you know, so you know so for example you know <laughs> you know tea and coffee running out a bit too quickly before they changed the urns, mm. well you know. I, I, I'm not scraping the barrel here, but maybe I am. You know, it, um, I, I suppose my, you know, my only and main disappointment would be just the frailties of the human condition. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, there is nothing much you can do about it. Although actually, we are we are talking a bit about it this time around. But you know, when a GM pulls out mm-hmm. at the last minute because you know perhaps they're ill you know they're just simply ill, yeah. and people get yeah. ill, so that's just the way of it. Uh, or you know, a GM you know some personal misfortune they can't make it you know and we're, and we're sort of a bit, and we're sort of scrabbling about a little bit to get games generally speaking the people we've got can all run something or do something my only real disappointment 
is if I ever see somebody at Furnace who doesn't know what to do in a mm. slot, and just just occasion, just occasionally, just now and again, that does happen, and one or two people, and we, we've got some board games and things that people can play, and so on and so mm. forth, uh, or you know. <laughs> one of the things about our venue it's a fantastic place i you know it's just a great i lo- I, I love the garrison um, um they you know to make their money you know because they're obviously a, a business and they do run a lot of weddings mm-hmm. and they have a lot of uh theme nights with discos and so on and you know we had a sort of uh Live action Basil Faulty Faulty Towers night one recently with you know a slightly diminutive Basil Faulty wandering around you know, in character, great stuff. And actually, I I kind of just love that kind of thing. I just love that going on shoulder to shoulder with people yeah. talking about well Pathfinder or GURPS or whatever it might be. Um, but of course, so, some of the things that we do, you know, th- that makes things difficult for us is is that the staff the staff are stalwarts. They 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 do work really very mm-hmm. hard, uh, particularly on the bar and so on. But actually, if we're c- competing with, you know, let's let's be honest, a wedding or mm-hmm. a big venue, sometimes we just we just get crushed in terms of service for food and 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 also at the bar. And that's just again an artifice of mm-hmm. of the place and the venue. So we we don't get it all quite our own way. I uh, I do again. I'm I'm back to the simplicity of what we do i think if we tried if we were trying to do something more complex and there are other conventions out there that are are more complex uh, much more complex than furnace and if it's more complex well if you're adding complexity into what you do then you're adding sort of fault lines in terms of what you do there's more to go wrong as as simply spoken and i I can't speak for those conventions because i've got every respect for those and there's just Mm. more stuff going on there with furnace and again it's back to keeping it simple if if what you're wanting is basically to get some people around to play games, you know, I, I'll say this: you know, th- there isn't a, h- a huge amount to go wrong as, lo- as long as your venue actually is there for you. I'm, I'm I'm feeling for the conception guys right now who are busy sort of sorting themselves out because of some things that were you, yeah. know, you know beyond their control, uh, and of course they're now bringing control into the things that were beyond their control and doing a fantastic job. But you know, mm. for us, we've been very fortunate. We've we've we booked the venue. And we've always had a good booking, and we've had a very we have a lot of stability in what we do, and a lot of simplicity. And I will think of the nightmare thing that happened probably after the call, uh, and and I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it on the forum or something. I say, oh, I forgot I forgot to mention the time when. But I, honestly, I'm looking at just sort of small things. Yeah, and you know, you, you get. Um, I, I guess one of the things that's happened over the last ten years is is your attendees are not afraid of telling you on an internet forum immediately after the event what they thought of it yep. and that's good and it's overwhelmingly positive for every con actually because you know what you probably sit there as the organizer sometime and you might have a crisis of faith and wonder if everyone's enjoying themselves so that's natural as the host of anything yeah but um but you know gamers are, are remarkably generous people and and everybody did come for a good time and 99% of the time, more than that, perhaps, they got a good time and they're more than happy to talk about it. Yeah. And if there's any sort of like, you know, a stone in your shoe, it's no more than that. Um, and, you know, you, you you can't guarantee great gaming because sometimes it just doesn't fly at the table for yeah. one reason or another. And that's absolutely cool because there's another four slots in the weekend. I don't think I've ever had, you know, more than one bad slot in a go. It's, and four out of five quality games, even at my worst attempt, is still remarkably good odds. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Furnace does deliver on gaming. 
it, it's, it's just honed its craft over 10 years, I think. And um, unless we're all on for the next 10, oh, unless you've got any weird plans you want to announce now about how you're stopping while you're ahead. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, no. So no. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, you know, again, if we, because we've kept it simple, um, you know, I, I hope to see another 10 years. But uh, honestly, um, as long as people are coming, hmm. uh, as long as we get people who are enjoying themselves for our weekend um, of gaming, I, I just think we'll just simply keep it running. And I think another facet of keeping it simple is because it's not a complicated thing, you know, mm. it, it is actually easier to perpetuate something that is fairly straightforward to actually put on. You know, it, it's, not a, it's not a huge drag on us as, as convention organisers. We don't get fatigue for mm. doing it. I mean, there, there are bursts of activity, but it means that we can just... It's, it's, it's the, it's the long-distance run rather than the sprint because it's, it's a relatively straightforward thing. So, no, our plans is to keep, to keep going with it for as long as people are enjoying it. And we do, we do look at the feedback you know, that comes, comes through to us every time. We take it very seriously. Obviously, we love to hear mm. that people have a good time and pretty much all the time they, they have. But if they've got suggestions, we do listen. And if some of the changes that I've talked about, you know, about uh, Furnace haven't just come out of thin air you know they've come out of our our, you know, our convention goers our attendees who are who are passionate about these events and they feel very strongly about them and it's, it's fantastic to see that and we do listen and we do try to learn from what we're hearing and mm. you know just subtly do a little bit of changes here and there to sort of hone the experience and hopefully that's 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 that, that's that's paid off yeah okay yeah, great stuff. I'm glad to hear that Furnace has got a future. I didn't doubt for one minute that it would do. Um, and I think there'd be baying pack of hounds coming after you if you didn't <laughs> didn't set it up. And, and, and again, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but I think it's worth mentioning again for various reasons. He's a friend of the show, a patron of the show, in fact, and a guest. And uh, the, the little sister to Furnace is Seven yeah. Hills, yeah. Uh, which takes place, uh, no, I'm going to get this word wrong, is it diurnally? In other words, it's oh, in the other half of the year to your one. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it is the dawn to your dusk. I uh, Lovely, yeah. And we, and, and we do sort of um, orbit around each other a little bit. So as, yeah. as, as one convention closes down, you know, is it roughly six months? It's roughly six yeah. months uh, apart. The other one spins up. And, yeah. um, you know, um, and in, for me, from a finances point of view, um, I close down one set of accounts. Mm. I open another. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Dr. Mitch organises that, and that's that's only in its ooh, second year gone, third one coming, I think. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's gonna it'll never catch up, um, but it will soon be into double figures well, itself, and it's yeah. a, an, another taste. Uh, it'd be interesting to see because um, it's at least in terms of the GM slots that he has now. Mm. I I think I'm right in saying it has grown. And um, we are we we have the flexibility of either booking one room, two rooms, or three rooms, depending on how it grows. And the venue is happy for us to commit to one, but but expand to three if we need it. And I think I think this time round, Seven Hills is possibly in all three. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it, I think it's popped into the armory as well. So yeah, so uh, let's see how it goes. It, it might well just you know in terms of time and 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 and, and growth might 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 become mm. a, a full a full blown sort of sibling as it were. And, We'll be twins. I don't know. Fantastic. Okay, Graham. Listen, I want to thank you so much for being our guest this week. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and, and thank you for for organising Furnace with your your fellow committee members. I've had a lot of great games there, and we'll continue to do so. So, thanks ever so much for coming on and uh, being a little bit gas 
and a little bit guessed <laughs> and providing me with the answer of what to do if you want to organize a gaming convention. And uh, clearly the answer is to go back 10 years and do it properly and wait 10 years and, and uh, <laughs> show what exactly. a sustained effort can do. <laughs> well, um, thanks. Thanks very much for inviting me on, Baz. I, I do appreciate it. Big fan of the show and look forward to hearing a lot more. Great. Thanks, Graham. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. So um, just a big shout-out to Graham for coming on. You'll get Gaz next time, don't fear. You'll get his dulcet northern tones, although I think we've had some dulcet northern tones this year. Um, shout-out to our Patreons. As always, um, you know where to go by now, surely. Go to patreon.com slash thesmartparty. Sign up. Only cost you a couple of bucks, and you'll give some cash towards making sure this podcast gets out every week. And, and new donors are joining all the time. So thanks to Neil Latham and Ollie Palmer for being our latest patrons. Good to see you on board, guys. Um, keep an eye on the forums at the Patreon site too. We always tend to put up a little bit extra every week just for you guys too. So until next week, uh, that was What Would the Smart Party Do? Cheers and bye-bye.